great grandfather because there's a, a, a disconnection in the in the family some some years before I was born. Um, so I'd never seen any photographs, and she brought some photographs out and showed me the you know, showing the family the photographs. And there was this guy, and I said, "Oh, that's the man that appeared in my bedroom." And it was my great grandfather, my paternal great grandfather. Uh, briefly describe for us what it is that you do as a paranormal investigator. As a paranormal investigator, um, back when I used to do residential investigations, I'd get called in to uh, check out people's claims, you know, and say, oh, this is happening up in the attic, or, or I'm hearing uh, this at night, that kind of thing, and then have to go uh, try to document in the show that, you know, these people are not crazy. There is something going on. And, Try to prove it if I can using uh, video, uh, EVP recording, that sort of thing. And also uh, back then, EMF meters and stuff like that as well. Uh, right now, I'm reduced down to uh, doing video, EVP, and uh, SRC now. We try to have different mediums on our show that do things their own way, and we try to focus on what your way is. So. Um, Want to start with just telling us a bit about what you do, and we'll start from there. Okay, um, what I do? Yeah, it's a wide open question. I know. I do. How about we start with the Reiki? Let's narrow that down a little bit. I do a lot of different things. Yeah. Okay, we'll start with Reiki. Yep. I do two different kinds of Reiki. I do Asui Reiki, and I do Celtic Reiki. The difference between the two is Asui Reiki is universal energy. It, it comes from above and through us, and then into the client. Um, Celtic Reiki comes from the earth. It's plant and tree based and it is you the way it's used is we go in through the feet and then up and out through the crown as where with Usui we come in through the crown and out through the feet. Basically what led you to form that group? What happened and what led you to form your group altogether? Well what led me to form the group was I am the fifth generation of women in my family that I know of who were born with, you know, within our bloodline, these abilities or this closeness to spirit, whatever you want to call it. But I'm the first one in three generations to embrace it. So some of my aunties and my mom and, you know, their abilities are very strong as well, but it was something that just because you have this gift, it's not for everybody. Not everybody sees it as a gift. So they grew up kind of fearing it. So we started having discussions about these kinds of things. And they told me like, hey, I would like to embrace this. At this point in my life, I would like to see how it can enrich my life. So we began going on investigations together. And when I saw how empowering um, facing their, not really their fears, but really embracing that and owning their experiences and who they are as women, Native women, with this um, bloodline, I began to see how beneficial it could be for other people who might also have these experiences but not really know what to do with them in their life. I know you were a mediumship and you discovered that at a very, very early age. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you discovered that you had mediumship abilities? Um, 
Well, obviously I didn't start off with mediumship. It was just more being a very strong empath. I was not your typical four or five year old that was seeing dead people walking around. Um, basically what it was, I was able to tap into other people's emotions. Um, again, being very a strong empath. Um, basically what happened was I had to uh, live my journey, go through my life's experiences. And when I was ready, when spirit said I was ready, uh, that's how it kind of unfolded from there. Um, it was after having my second son where I started really focusing on holistics. So, you know, studying Reiki, massage, ear candling, um, learning all about the chakras. So once I started tapping more into my spirituality in that spiritual realm, that's when my vibration and my frequency started to become stronger and have a stronger connection. And I wasn't able to understand everything that was coming through. Um, it was actually a friend of mine who invited me to attend a uh, psychic expo um, in Toronto years ago when my grandmother had just passed. And I knew a few things about my grandmother, but she was very Catholic, so not a lot of things were brought up in regards to psychic intuition. And so when I went to visit this one psychic that I was really drawn to, it was my first time being at one, the first thing she said to me was, I have your grandmother here who had just recently passed, and she is now passing the gift down onto you. Uh, so you're up there in Thunder Bay, and I know you. Uh, we reached out to you to come on the podcast uh, because you do a lot of work within the crystals and healing areas. Um, let's talk a little bit about your background. What got you into the field of uh, crystal work? It, I actually started working in energy work because of my first cat. Um, I'd moved back to Thunder Bay from Nova Scotia, and the vet was trying multiple things, no matter what they did it didn't work and so I attended a class on healing touch and at the beginning of the class they had you run your hands through a person's field see what you perceived and then you'd pause and you would do it again and they went around the room there were about 30 different people at, who went before me and they were all nurses and they talked about uh, that something was hot or cold or soft and none of that happened for me Instead, what happened was that I saw specific colors in the field, and there was a pattern that formed. And I didn't know how to lie about what I perceived, so I told them, this is what I saw. And when you had his pause, an angel put their hand on my shoulder, told me what to do. I did that. The field came into alignment, and she started to glow. And the class went dead silence. And it was the first time in my life that I realized that not everyone saw the world the way I saw it, that they didn't see the colors around people and around animals, and they didn't talk to angels on a regular basis, that this was this was something different. You're a uh, pretty well-known medium here in the area, so uh, we thank you for coming on and being a guest here on Coffee Live. Uh, we want to talk to you a little bit about uh, your background, what you do as a medium. So let's start with that. Um, how did you first get into the mediumship and uh, what drew you into that? Yeah, well that's a good question. Um, <laughs> it's a question I get asked a lot. Um, but uh, you know, I came to mediumship uh, sort of later in life. I came to mediumship in adulthood. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I talk about this a lot in my book, but when I was a kid, um, you know, I had a spiritual practice related to 
some earth-based religion practices, meditation, energy type stuff, communicating with nature. Um, but I didn't have any uh, mediumistic experiences, nothing, nothing major anyway. Uh, but I actually came to mediumship not through childhood, not through like being born through a lineage of mediums. Um, I chose to learn mediumship after I lost my dad. And so it was like a very conscious choice for me to learn to communicate with spirit. Um, you know, the outset of that for me happened to be, I mean, mediumship's never easy, but um, it, it, it came fairly naturally to me, probably because I had already had, you know, many, many years and experiences of meditation and being silent and all of that stuff. So that, that sort of really helped with my development. My development happened fairly quickly. Um, so, but I, I mean, I took that time, you know, which is important for all mediums. Good mediumship is a slow development process. And so, you know, sitting in development circles, you know, did all that, that type of thing. Uh, but that's really what brought me to it. It was actually out of my own personal loss, um, without having any, you know, early childhood experiences with spirit. I mean, other than, you know, some of those ones that a lot of people tend to have, like, you know, seeing a grandparent sit at the end of your bed, etc. But not real communication with, you know, non-formed beings, N nothing major anyway. But that, yeah, that's it. That's what brought me to it. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, tell us about uh, how you developed your mediumship and uh, what brought you into the mediumship field. Well, it actually started for me as a child and I would um, have very strong feelings, knowings, um, visions, if you will, of things uh, to happen, things to come. I was very lucky to be raised in a family that supported that. Both my mother and father really supported that. But I was actually very frightened of it. And as I matured and um, life went forward, I steered away from it as much as I could. And interestingly enough, I wound up working in occupational therapy. And that's like all hands on. And as a medium, I use psychometry as my entry. So it became so strong, um, you know, as I was working in the TikTok world that I actually made a decision to leave that and start a business that we now call Trillium 2. And that was, I guess, 25 years ago. And we branched um, into different areas and just love every minute of it, quite frankly. Sounds interesting. And um, how was the field back in those days? Was it uh, a really popular topic, or were you kind of like uh, a one-off thing? Yeah, it definitely wasn't popular. Uh, nothing like today. Uh, most people we talked about the subject. Uh, most people, you know, it was taboo. They didn't talk about it. Kind of crazy, thinking that stuff. Um, but it was interesting. The demographics was very interesting in how, how it works. Uh, if you were in a group, a social situation with, uh, you know, four or five people and you brought the subject up, they would sort of look at you like you were crazy. But the same person yeah, you like you were crazy on a one-to-one -one basis would have a bunch of questions. So there was a, a lot of interest, but not wasn't accepted. It's sort of like, uh, like if you were, were to talk about UFOs uh, 10 years ago. Okay. 
on the ground. So, yeah, it, it was difficult. It was a difficult thing. Uh, but it was a, a lot more open to the idea of talking about business owners. So if somebody owned a business that you wanted, um, it, it was pretty easy to get into that building after hours and say, yeah, go ahead and have a look, here's the key. So you know, it, it was kind of cool that way. Today you need insurance, bodyguard, fingerprints at the door. Um, so, you know, it was a lot easier back then in certain ways. Mind you, we didn't have the technology. I was just introducing you as a psychic medium. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how that came about and how you got into uh, psychic mediumship work? Sure. Um, well, like many of us, I think I had a lot of experiences when I was younger that were uh, not sort of recognized for being psychic nor medium uh, related, but uh, I was always fascinated by the paranormal and when I was um, 19 I got my first deck of tarot cards and I started working with um, tarot for years I was, and then doing readings for myself, for my friends and then for other people and then during readings um, you know, tarot, of course, is just a, a dumping board off into connecting with spirit. And then um, spirits of, of people who had passed started coming into the readings. And they made themselves known. The first one was, was a very, you know, dramatic experience that happened where I, I suddenly felt there was a bullet in the woman I was reading. And something, something launched her back, which turned out to be a bullet. And um, she, as soon as she said there was a bullet, uh, a man appeared to me, and he um, had shot her. He had, and then killed himself. He thought he killed her, and he killed himself. So we, he was able to speak to her through me, and it was the first time that had happened, and it was, um, it, it was life changing uh, for me, and and. Uh, a couple of days later, I, I heard back from her friends that it had changed her life because she'd finally been able to have some closure around it and she wasn't so grief-stricken anymore. So it was it was kind of a dramatic um, birthing into with mediumship. And then, of course, I have developed it and worked with it over the years. And that must have happened about 25 years ago now that that happened. So, yeah. Uh, why not start with us and uh, start with telling people a little bit about what you do and uh, what you, how you got into the spiritual mediumship stuff. Okay. I uh, started very early as a child. I have memories of two. My mom would tell me stories where I would sleepwalk quite often, where I would tell her things that would happen in the before things actually happened. And uh, at six years of age, I was diagnosed with a very depressed little child that up to a teenager and I started to see and hear and experience my voices. At that time I wasn't comfortable, like a lot of us were older, with society goes and telling people, oh, I can hear things. So I kept quiet for many, many years, I won't call it, to actually deal with the travel partly through an energy car window. And it started off when I started looking out 
and it's all my mom and sisters and people that I have recognized gathered in the parking lot. And then all of a sudden, the whole parking lot sailed off, and this red made it appear. Um, I looked up and I saw this bright shining light in the corner of the room, and I remember seeing my siblings and myself, they're here. And it's not like my hair stood up, you know, like a horror movie or anything, but I, I started to actually feel a electrical charge. And I knew that I was able to find the school with my father all the way. But I personally felt that I was really along with my father. And I was just about to place his hands in what I felt was the hand itself. And that was his hand. It started to look like long energy tentacles kind of thing. And it was just about to agree when my one sibling came running in and said, uh, you can't die, you can't go without you right now. And everything broke. And it was the feeling that I never had since. It was almost like walking in between two different dimensions. Um, let's start at the beginning and talk a little bit about how you got into the psychic and tarot reading work. What drew you into that? Oh, a long once upon a time in a faraway land, Scarborough, Ontario. <laughs> Uh, when I was little, I, I had a really hard time differentiating between dream life and real life. Like, I remember recalling dreams to my mother. Well, she informed me that they had to be dreams because she was like, that never happened. We never visited Santa Claus underneath the parking lot with a big brass band, Lori. That never happened. Um, <laughs> I had the best imaginary friends. Um, and, and as I got a little bit older, I, I started to get knowings about when people were going to pass away and when people were pregnant, which was fun at parties. <laughs> so that's kind of where it started. Um, you know, dreaming, being this source of, there's more. There's more than just what we can touch, taste, feel, smell, right? Um, when I, I bought my own first deck of cards when I think I was, I think I was 20, um, and taught myself how to use them. So, so that started to sort of mesh in with dream work and searching, just searching in general. It's been a long time. <laughs> 